With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, chime in tonight, okay?
Hey, this is CJ. Welcome to another episode of The Hot Wash. Definitely want to say thanks for tuning in tonight. First time you've ever tuned into The Hot Wash. The Hot Wash is a live broadcast. Uh, I have my co-host Alex Maltizo and Gold Star Father Jeff Falkel. Hey guys, how are you guys? Hello. Good. Mm-hmm. How are you doing this week? Doing pretty good. I had a uh, root canal done, and that was nowhere near as bad. Uh, what everybody told me it was going to be, so I'm feeling pretty good. I'm glad everything went well. We're waiting on our uh, guest to call in tonight. Looking forward to doing the interview. Um, but uh, before he chimes in, um, is there anything uh, you or Jeff would like to talk for uh, maybe current events or veteran issues that uh, you want to talk about this week? Somebody's got some background noise there. Definitely. Uh, one of the things I want to throw out, and I know we're uh, interviewing the few tonight. Um, we'll talk about that when they get on. Um, but uh, one of our organizations that's a big supporter um, of the hot wash and that we definitely are big advocates of is Veteran Sportsman's Alliance. They're doing the first in, last out um, application process for a fine gentleman's hunting dog. Um, Philo is his name, first in, last out. The application deadline for that is the 15th. Uh, so if you have any combat wounded veterans, um, the criteria is on the my page. It's on the hot wash, or you can go to www.vsa.org and check out uh, the information to put in application. Um, you have to be a Purple Heart recipient um, to apply for this dog. Um, it's a phenomenal dog. It's going to make some some veteran a very great hunting companion. Uh, for bird hunting. So, uh, like I said, application cutoff for that is the 15th. So, definitely make sure guys take uh, that into consideration if you have some friends uh, that might be uh, looking for a great hunting companion uh, and meet that criteria. Check it out. It's www.bsa.org. And then, uh, Jeff, how are you doing this week? Uh, Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead, Alex. Dagger Foundation. Uh, we are having an Operation R3. It's our first annual event sponsored by IMAX, and that's going to be the Charlotte Motor Speedway, May the 5th. And uh, you can get all the information on taskforcedaggerfoundation.org. But um, Operation Anaconda High Speed Dinner is going to be 1,000 individual or 1,500 for a couple. So you'll enjoy a high-speed dinner with special guests and laps around the speedway uh, track in a pace car. So all this is better, uh, benefiting um, our heroes at Task and, uh, and Task Force Daggers to support our veterans. That's it. That's actually another great um, organization, Task Force Dagger, former guests of the Hot Wash. Um, they've been on. We've talked about their organization. And I know Alex, you, and Jeff are both uh, very intimately involved with Task Force Dagger, um, and it's, it's a very noble organization. And that's why we look forward to uh, this tonight. We have a great organization on the show tonight that we're going to talk about that's doing great things for veterans. Did Ronnie make it on yet? Jeff did. No, he's not made it on yet. Jeff, you have anything, brother? Um. Yeah, actually, let me go before before I uh, I don't want to miss I don't want to misspeak. Uh, so I I'm I'm still on the line, but I gotta go look something up real quick, and then then I can talk about it. No worries. Uh, I'm sure me and Alex will keep the uh, going. Te- technology in the uh, technology definitely. in the hands of amateurs. 
I think it's got to be uh, Jeff. If it's not you, Alex, no. it's Jeff, because I'm going to follow him. No, because no, I'm, I'm in my basement with the uh, nose nothing on. Want me to yeah, hang up? And, uh, let me hang me. up. Yeah, let me. Uh, I don't hear it now. No, I still do. Got it fixed. Oh, Got it fixed. Um, okay. I do okay. want to mention that um, the special forces has um, endured a loss that's what of I'm a family looking, member. That, that's is, what I'm looking, is that up what right you're looking for right now. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Actually, okay. we lost we lost want, two guys. You want uh, me to say it, or you need to say it? I, I will. Hold on. Because we lost a sergeant major just, to cancer. You know, Jeff, while you're looking for that information, uh, that's something we'll start doing every week now is uh, just uh, acknowledging um, those members um, of the United States military who've uh, lost their life that we we find out about through the week. Before every episode, mm-hmm. we'll talk about them and just uh, mention them. Uh, we owe them that at least uh, every week to mention their names uh, because, you know, mainstream media definitely is not going to hit on it. Um, mm-hmm. So we we definitely need to – as you say, acknowledge their their sacrifices, and that's something we'll just go ahead and start doing from now on. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so U.S. Special Forces uh, soldier killed fighting the Islamic State in Afghanistan. I want to mention um, Army Staff Sergeant yeah, uh, Mark D. Allen Carr. And I do know that his family and friends have reached out to try to help raise funds. Um, I know that Task Force Dagger is trying to do something about that. So if anybody would like to help uh, the Dalakar family, um, please, you know, contact them. I definitely uh, want to say that um, it's sad that uh, we as a country recognize the lot of our soldiers um, daily. Uh, when when they they lose their lives fighting or uh, they lose their lives period, um, and it, it's something that needs to be brought to attention to the American public um, to remind them that freedom isn't free, and that the the freedom that they so fragrantly enjoy every day um, they don't realize the sacrifices that are made so that we can enjoy our way of life every day, and, and people take that for granted. And it's only because the military fighting man, the military fighting woman, uh, men and women in the uniform that wear the uniform, um, that had those freedoms for us daily. Um, so I definitely want to say we will never forget. We've we've never. That's one of the things that um, I know that is very important to myself is is recognizing our fallen members and never forgetting the sacrifice that they've made. So. We'll definitely, from now on, start making that uh, event where we recognize those individuals who've lost their life in the fight of our freedom. Absolutely. I think we and might fact, have Ronnie, Ronnie online with us now. Yeah, Ronnie was former seventh group. Ronnie, are you with us, brother? I'm here. Awesome. All right. Hey. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I apologize. Uh, a little bit of difficulties, but I'm here. Uh, glad you're here, brother. And I'm, I, I can breathe and take a, a now because me and Alex don't have to and Jeff keep um, talking, and we can focus on our guest that we have tonight. So uh, definitely, 
honored to have you here with us tonight representing a great organization, an organization that does a lot of good for uh, special operations soldiers and uh, the combat wounded veterans um, of our nation who have paid the sacrifice with their sweat, blood, and tears, sweat, blood, and tears uh, for our freedom. And, you know, there's a lot of great stations out there, um, and I like – I know it's very important to Alex and Jeff and myself to – bring on the, the best organizations and the ones that personally are doing um, the work down in, in the trenches for our vets. And uh, I'm proud to say that that's what the FEW stands for. So if you're not familiar with uh, FEW, uh, it's the Foundation for Exceptional Warriors, the FEW. You're tuned in to a live episode of The Hot Wash. If you'd like to call in and talk to our guests, the number to call Five six three nine 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 three zero one five. That's five six three nine 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 three zero one five. We're live on the air with the founder and CEO of the Foundation for Warriors, uh, United States Army retired, Randy Swagger. Is that correct? Did I say your last name right, brother? It's Ronnie Swagger, but no worries. Swagger. Welcome to the show, and uh, definitely a pleasure to have you on, brother. Well, uh, thanks for having me. You uh, you tell me what you want me to talk about, and uh, I'll uh, I'll tell you exactly what I can. But I got to warn you, I'm a former gunfighter. I'm not a speechwriter, and uh, I'm just a guy. Yay! Be yourself. That's all we have. You're that's, you're, that's you're, you're like amongst it. knuckle draggers, brother. You're amongst knuckle draggers. <laughs> all right, perfect. <laughs> I love it. So I. Jeff and Alex are excited to, and they have some questions ready for you, so I'm going to let them take the lead on the questions. Uh, I think the first thing I'll do, though, before we do that, because I, I like for our listeners to know your history, is uh, who is Ronnie Swigger? Where did you come from? Where did you grow up? And uh, what got you to where you're at today, brother? Oh, wow. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma, and I joined uh, – well, I went to college on an academic scholarship – and I was bored to death, and uh, I always wanted to join the military. I always wanted to be special forces, so I joined in '93, and uh, just my career took off. I got to warn you, I joined as a plumber because I, I needed that bonus back in the day, and you had to be an E4 to try out for special forces. <laughs> so right. I, I had to, I had to be a plumber for a couple of years before I could, before I could go, and uh, it was always interesting getting. Uh, getting harassed for being a plumber but uh yeah it was, it was unique well i could definitely say that i think you're the first person i've ever met in the military that said that they enlisted as a plumber and i'm not poking fun at you that's that's definitely a new one. i know we have occupational specialties for everything but that you're the first person i've ever heard tell me they were a plumber um so that's that's pretty cool and i that brings up a point um that you know, the military is one well, we hope, for, you know, in theory, a, a, a well-oiled machine, and we know that we all have a well machine, uh, especially when we have a, a fight. Um, but you know what? The best operators and the best special forces and special operations soldiers in the world couldn't do what they do without the support um, of the support forces, um, doing things to put them in, in the proper place, the proper time have the proper equipment, and so, you know, everybody's job is important, um, from the cook all the way to the pack clerk to the plumber, um, all those people 
jobs are important in fighting for our freedom. And uh, so definitely uh, one of the things that we see a lot in this, in the veteran community, unfortunately, who like to uh, over-exaggerate their careers or their experience. Um, and one of the things that I definitely want to say is, you know, don't be ashamed of what um, you volunteered to be a soldier, to be a military fighting man or woman, and fight for our freedom. So don't be afraid uh, to stand up and, and fight what you signed up to do. Um, you know, it, it's like the uh, going to Fort Benning and, and getting in a taxi cab. You can't get in a taxi cab without running into a retired sergeant major driving a taxi. And those who have been there will know exactly what I'm talking about. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there. And, and with that, I'll... I'll hit my mute button and hand it over to Jeff and Alex and let them start asking you some questions. Yeah. Well, keep, no, it sounds great. Keep talking, Ronnie. Keep, ta- keep telling us a little more about yourself. You know, what, well, I was going to say, uh, Ronnie, thank you for your service and thank you for your plumber's butt. <laughs> well, I, uh, I was honored to serve. I really was. Uh, a little bit more about me. Uh, I graduated Special Forces course in 98 I was told I was the first plumber to go SF, and uh, anyway, I did well in the course, and I was picked up for a direct action Halo team in fifth group, and uh, I was told I was going to spend more time at Fort Bragg than anywhere else, so I left my wife at Bragg and went to SOT, Sephardic, uh, you know, all the all the cool, fun schools that I was blessed to go to, and uh, a couple years later, I got on the, the SIF the first stateside SIF at 5th Group on an ODA 511 that wound up being the first door kickers uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, I had already left prior to Afghanistan by about two months. My wife's parents got killed, at, and I moved back to Bragg instead of relocating her so she could keep her uh, support group. And I finished out my time in in, uh, in third group. I was never on a B team, a C team, anything. I just stayed on an A team my entire time. I'm really proud of that. And I got That's to awesome. go to combat uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq, and I got tours all over the world. And, uh, you know, I was just really blessed to serve. Yep, well, we we can't thank you enough, brother, and uh, you you serve with the best of the best over at Third Group, and there your your reputation precedes you. Because um, I was talking to some boys, uh, you know, the other day that we were that we were going to be talking to you on the phone, and they all were, "Hey, he's uh, he's one of the best dudes we've ever known." So it's, a, it's an honor to have you on. The <laughs> they must show. have been talking about someone else then. <laughs> nah, no. Nah, so so tell us Ronnie, a about your organization. Thank you for. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. De- definitely, Ronnie, I want to say thanks for going that extra mile and, and taking on the reins of, of fighting for your brothers and sisters, uh, veterans, and doing what you've done with the few. Is that uh, it, It's, it's an, a great organization that you've got going on there. Well, well I appreciate that. Uh, the the few was started after I, I was medically retired and uh, – and uh, that was really difficult on me. And to be honest, I've never told my story really, but I disappeared on top of a hill uh, surrounded by about 20,000 acres in Oklahoma. And I stayed there for a couple of years. And uh, anyway, I've got triplet boys, and I thought, wow, you know, I don't want them, you know, growing up and watching me do nothing. And I'm getting a retirement paycheck, so I might as well get off my butt and earn it. 
and I started volunteer work, and uh, I was able to give away, uh, to date, I don't know, about 11 to $18 million worth of scholarships. And uh, when I was doing that, I wanted to focus on the soft community that hadn't been reached yet. So I got to travel to some of the, uh, you know, the bases and, and speak about the organizations I was volunteering with. And uh, I was sitting in a McDonald's parking lot with a couple of other SF guys, and I said, hey, guys, what's out there for us now? And uh, one guy was a sergeant major, one guy was a major, and uh, we just left uh, General Mulholland's office, who led us into Afghanistan, and uh, we're just talking about the assets besides uh, what I had already had to offer. And they said, look, man, there's nothing out there for just special ops, just for being special ops. And I thought that was wrong because these mm -hmm. guys uh, – they volunteered to fight and claw and get their way to the top, whether they went to combat or not. I mean, they they gave their utmost to prepare for combat. And sitting in that McDonald's parking lot, we decided to found uh, the few. And uh, you know, we're we're the special operations community, the guys we help, the valorous, the the prisoners of war. We get we're all tired of the wounded warrior. Uh, you know, name, you know, it's the Wounded Warrior programs have uh, have their place, but I felt like the non-wounded special operations, those that have gone the extra mile to get, to earn an award for valor, those are all the duties, deeds, and decisions, and, uh, you know, America was based off, you know, rewarding decisions and, and, and duties, and so I thought, well, we need an organization to uh, do the same thing, and that's really what makes the Foundation for Exceptional Warriors different, and uh, is is who we help. There's there's uh, you know every biker, every everybody's got a POW flag. They've got patches. They've got you know all this stuff, but uh, all that stuff's made in China or Japan mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh, what are we actually doing to help these guys? And as far as I know of the uh, this foundation, the few, is the only people that's proactively reaching out to, to provide a service to these prisoners of war. And uh, we're awful proud of that. And, uh, you know, these guys with medals for valor, you know, a distinguished service cross, uh, but no Purple Heart, you know, often those people don't qualify for the other programs, but yet they, they're overqualified for the foundation. So, between who we help and uh, how proactive we are and the fact that we're a volunteer-based organization that is uh, founded and led by the same warriors we serve, we're very different. That's tremendous. So can you give us a couple of examples of some of the people that that, uh, that the few have worked with and have pushed forward? Well, sure. Uh I tell you, on our mission video, there's a 92-year-old uh, World War II prisoner of war. And uh, while he was a prisoner, he uh, made himself a promise that he was going to quail hunt every day that he could for the rest of his life. And I heard this story, and he actually lived in the same town where, where uh, we, were, we had an office. And I thought, wow, what's this guy doing? Is he still quail hunting? So I knocked on his door, and he said, look, I don't quail hunt anymore. I'm 92. And I said, I tell you what, you know, you better you better shoot some skeed and sharpen your skills because we're going to do a quail hunt. Uh, 
And uh, sure enough, we went out, and I tell you what, that 92-year-old man does not miss. And he is, uh, he's been coming out with us for four years awesome. now. We've got the tank chair that he has to has to use, you know, the track mobility chairs, and uh, he's sitting in a dove field crushing dove out of a out of a chair, and uh, he's awesome. being active, That's he's awesome. enjoying his life, and he'll be turning 97 this year. Wow, mm-hmm. good for you. That's tremendous. Yeah. In those days, it was trial by fire. That's for sure. I would have um, my World War II veterans that I would take out to the range. And their hands were so shaky. As soon as they got up to the target and started shooting, it was just smooth as glass. So. Yeah, they don't they don't lose those instincts. Uh, I, I, that muscle memory comes right back when it's when it's uh, trigger time. It's it's amazing to watch these guys uh, just come alive. Uh, that's what we really enjoy about the foundation. That's why so many people volunteer. To, to get out there. Many of our associates, they've came to an event. Uh, they've they've had a change in their life. They've had a light bulb go off, and they're excited to give back. And uh, then they start running events in their in their own area, and being proactive and having a new new mission and purpose in life. And uh, it's just it's just amazing to watch people grow. And I have to throw myself in into that into that as well. The more people I help, mm-hmm. uh, the more healing I got, the, the happier I got. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've, uh, I've been, been a lot of places and done a lot of things and, uh, all based off helping warriors because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be on a radio show. I don't want to be in a spotlight. I don't, don't want to do that. It's not in my nature, but in order to help other veterans, I'll do it. Yeah. It's a necessary. Yep. Yeah, you're very humble. I remember when we first met at Shop Show, and our thing was, um, you know, we don't want to sit there and feel pity on anyone. They don't want to be pitied. They want to just, um, you know, I mean, these guys have done more in their li- uh, in their career than I'll ever do in my lifetime. So it's more like we just want to celebrate everything that they've done for us instead of a pity that's, party. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's there's no pity here, and uh, our guys, we don't cut you any slack. Uh, if you, if you come feeling sorry for yourself, <laughs> you're 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 gonna change your attitude real quick. Or I got to be honest, uh, you would be pushed out of the group. And uh, <laughs> we've never had to we've never had to tell anyone to leave, but we had we have had to take a, a guy or two around the corner and say, hey, guy. You know, this is for you. This is a celebration of, of your service. And, uh, you know, enjoy it. Relax. And uh, it's always wound up being a good deal. Yeah, absolutely. I know in a lot of other organizations, they're like, oh, you poor veteran. And they're like, I am? You know, it, it kind of almost makes them um, – They're. I know that they're trying to help, but I know it, it almost like creates like a victim or it makes them feel like maybe something is wrong with them when there really isn't. Yeah, there's like I said, there's no pity here. These, these guys, they don't want pity. I tell you what, th- there may be a few uh, guys that enjoy taking advantage of the system, but that's that's with every American. Very I mean, yeah, God ga- sure. God gave us free will, and uh, you know, we're, some guys are going to use it for bad, some guys are going to use it for good. But 
the the guys that we we go after that are that are all giving of themselves through their duties, deeds, and decisions. I mean, these guys, pity's not even in their vocabulary. And uh, the hardest thing about us is is telling these guys, hey, buddy, you're worthy. We're here for you. And uh, you know, 99% of our guys say, hey, give it to someone else. They're more deserving. And uh, you know, we've just got to say, hey, look, buddy. You know, lead by example. You come to our event, and uh, then you can go back, tell your buddies it was a blast, and uh, encourage them to come. Because if mm-hmm. we need those guys that take that first step and, uh, like I said, lead by example. I know that we have I an event I... coming up. Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Alex. I was going to say, we have an event coming up uh, in June. Um, that their organization will also be a part of. So we're doing the honor jump, taking um, a few of the Medal of Honor uh, recipients on a skydive. And that was kind of started by Hershey, which is uh, Joe Anello's best friend. And uh, they're planning on doing it June the 20th in honor of Hershey's uh, wife who passed away two years ago. And Jeff, she, they were married for how long? 66 and a half years. Yeah, and um, there was a uh, joke that he told. You're good at telling it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my. You gotta tell so uh, you gotta tell there, there's a uh, Buffalo, Colorado has the distinction of having four Medal of Honor recipients. Uh, no other town in the country can say that. And uh, so what they do is every month they have a Medal of Honor recipient come and give a little talk about about you know their life or whatever they want to talk about. And uh, so after after Hershey's was was over. Um, uh, his portrait that hangs in the center is, was draw, was a picture of him holding a portrait that his wonderful wife painted of him, and and she at that time she had passed away within you know six months of of when he, his his uh, picture was put up there, and so uh, so they asked questions you know how long because he was also in addition to receiving the Medal of Honor he was also a POW for 28 months, and so you know what did you do uh, you know what happened how long you in captivity and what'd you do when he got back and you know he worked in his dad's uh, uh gas station and the last question was um you know hershey you're uh, uh you know you you said several times you know you were married to your wonderful wife for 66 and a half years what what was your secret you know there's i mean that's amazing and uh, he's a very very humble man and he looks down at the floor and gets a big smile on his face and looks up at the crowd and has a bigger smile on his face and says yes my, uh, I miss my dear wife uh, very much. She was the love of my life. And yes, we were married for 66 and a half years, but we had a secret. And our secret was twice a week, we would go out to dinner. A nice little small restaurant, a little candlelight, some soft music, a little dancing afterwards. She went Tuesday, I went Friday. And nobody <laughs> in the room saw that coming. And, and, and Hershey's full of them like that. He's got all kinds of all kinds of little, you know, stories like that, but he's a great man. So anyway, so we picked, we picked the, the date of June 20th because that was his wedding anniversary. Yeah, so um, I know that uh, Ronnie's bringing a, um, an injured infantry, right, Ronnie? Right, I've got, a, I've got a double, double above the knee amputee that's that's been volunteering mm-hmm. with the organization for a while he was a former 82nd infantry guy and uh he he's uh he's been longing to jump 
for so long, and when the the opportunity arose, he's he's just ecstatic, and that's what's that's what's neat about these these guys is you see them light up, just given the opportunity. Uh, you know this this isn't going to happen till June, and for the for the, until June he's going to be walking on air, and then uh, after that. Oh, yeah. He's he's got new memories. He's got stories, and he's going to make friends out there. So it, it's just amazing what happens off of a, a you know an active event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my yeah, father was, was just, 86, was... and he was 504. Um, but um, we have some special stuff for him for sure. Yeah. Sounds great. He'll be excited. I think Ronnie, yeah, you brought yeah. up something uh, that I wanted to, to hit on um, that that's it's very important for people to understand and, and to realize. And there's a couple of points to what you talked about that I wanted to hit on was you talked about the, uh, the guys from special operations received Valorous awards, um, and might not receive the purple heart or, um, meet the requirements to be one of the individuals who gets to enjoy some of the, programs that uh, these 501c3s have going on. Um, one of the things people don't understand uh, in the special operations community is, is, you know, they expect your life, and I know you can agree with this, but I just want to put it into perspective for um, your day, your normal day is a hard day every day, um, and it becomes the normal for a special operations guy. So you do your job. That's that's how the community looks at it. Is you're doing your job, um, so you don't get put in for an award um, after so many targets. You don't get put in for an award after you know just daily doing your job. Um, so when one of our guys gets an award, um, it, it's sad to think that, and it's for the special forces guys um, who are in you know a close category, only competing against their their special forces peers. But the guys in the support side who aren't long tabbers um, and have to compete against their regular army peers, let's bring up for a good example the the aviation, you know, the 160th, um, the crew chiefs. They're competing with their army counterparts, um, and not to downplay what they've done or what they do daily, but uh, you know, night stalkers might service five, six targets in night. And the targets that, that we go on, uh, you know, take conventional units two weeks to a month to plan, and we're doing it in thirty, you know, thirty minutes to an hour and hitting it. And that's the daily norm. Um, so when our guys get an award, it it really is a big deal. And other guys in conventional forces, they might a good example is the aviation again. You know, a regular army aviation guy might get. 10 or 15 air um, over his time in the service, whereas, uh, you know, a night stalker might end up with only three or four um, after 10 years of deployment. And, yeah, they end up with uh, a Valorist Award at some point in time, but it's a big deal when those guys get those awards. Um, And I hate that it's almost – I don't want to say it's unfair, but it's – in the recognition in the eyes of the public, I don't think it's 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 an even kill. Um, and the the other part that you brought up, Ronnie, was that our guys don't look for sympathy. Um, and you brought up, you know, a couple of guys you've had to take out back and have with. Um, 
that's the kind of love, the tough love that guys in our community respond to and respond to well. Um, they might, you know, get in a lull and maybe be staring at the ground for a minute, but uh, all it takes is one of their buddies to uh, give them a little hard jab to the ribs and check their pride, and uh, they perk right up. Um, and I think that uh, that's crucial for a lot of our guys in our and it's being active, like you said. And you said that you doing this helps you, and it absolutely does. You know, never in a million years would have thought I'd be doing a radio show. Um, but I do this to help my brothers and sisters. And this is my passion to reach out to the, my, my veteran and sisters. And I know that it's making a difference. And it helps me heal as well because it gives me something. It gives me a mission. So that's definitely cool of, of providing a mission for our brothers and sisters uh, once they take the uniform off and giving them a purpose in life. That's important to all veterans. I do want to mention that uh, yes. Ronnie, uh, not only do we have a plumber, uh, our first plumber, but this is my first um, Oklahoma Military Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, Ronnie was recognized with the M.G. Douglas O. Dollar Award, and that was for him being a mentor for the Special Operations Command Care Coalition and all the other things that he does for the military um, veterans. Could you tell us what that award is? Well, well, that was a that was a very surprising award. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit. Uh, I had a I had a gentleman call me and he said uh, I'd like to put you in for the Major General Douglas O'Dollar Award. And, I, and uh, my house had just burned down, and I'm like, look, I, I, who the hell's this guy? And he said, well, that's me. I'm General Dollar. And I said, well, <laughs> I, I apologize. I apologize, sir, but. Uh, I don't know nothing about this. And he said, well, you know, to apply, you're going to need this, this, and this. And I said, sir, I don't want to apply. That's not why I do anything. And uh, mm-hmm. P.S., my house burned, so pound sand. <laughs> so oh, so it was – Well, <laughs> Well, my priorities, I still had uh, missions to run with the foundation. I had uh, – you know, a burnt house and trying to trying to resettle. And I mean, this was weeks, maybe a month after the home burned. So I was in a I was in a bind and applying for an award or, you know, submitting my bio, whatever it was, was not at all on my radar, and I didn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. A couple months went by, and I got a letter in the mail saying, "Hey, uh, here's here's your tickets to the ball. You're you're receiving." Uh, you're receiving this award, which is the highest award given out during this induction ceremony. So you're in. Wow. I get the award and I get inducted into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, and I'm just thinking, wow, did is there no one else out there? Because you know, I'm just a redneck living on a hill trying to help people. But uh, it, in uh, in hindsight, uh, I've been helping the the Hall of Fame for a couple of years now, and it, it's. Every day I'm more honored to to be an inductee, and I I I don't feel worthy any day, but uh, I'm just I'm just excited that uh, they recognize my volunteer service. 
Yeah, because you're just living your passion and your purpose. So you're not trying to look for accolades or awards. It's like when you served, you know, you weren't looking for thank yous. You just wanted to make a difference, as you still do today. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And I, that's, like I said, go back to our mission and every special ops guy, you know, any day you can quit. Any day, you just you just say, you know, this isn't for me, and you just walk away, go back to your old MOS or whatever it was. Uh, but they don't. They don't quit. They just they just keep hard charging. And I've got a I've got a former guy, former teammate of mine. He's got, geez, I want to say he's got eight years boots on the ground over there. That's nuts. And uh, he doesn't have a purple heart, uh, so he doesn't qualify for most of these organizations. And I just say, hey, look, dude. How, how can you not be worthy of going on an elk hunt or, or a kayak trip or whatever event we have going on? I mean, you've got eight years of your life. Underwater basket uh, weaving, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, anything. And, uh, you know, I want to mention that we, we take the families out too. We, we love the families because I've been married for, let's see, 22 years now, and for my wife to tolerate all the mess I've gone through – you know, she's she's probably more deserving of a, of a break than I am. Uh, they, family, they're, they're the glue that holds us together, that's for sure. They're our foundation. Yep. I think working as your partner in crime, we've also got that. Uh, you're cutting it out real bad, CJ. I can just make out uh, just bits and pieces. Is that Adam on the line? Yes, it is, Ronnie. How you doing today, Bubba? I'm doing good, man. Adam's one of our success stories, and uh, you guys can ask Adam a couple of questions. And uh, he may be a, another redneck like myself, but he's uh, he's straight <laughs> up, and uh, he he's a hero in my book. And he he's probably mad because I said that, but you know that's a personal thing. I, I he he's got his own pedestal in in, uh, in my world. So uh, tell us who you are, Adam, and you know your story. Uh, my name is Adam Gordon. Uh, I was born and raised in Newark, Ohio. Uh, ran off and joined the military at the ripe old age of 22. I ended up being a Ford observer. I spent my career at Sixth Mountain or the 10th Mountain Division. Spent six years with them. I uh, spent my time as a forward observer with uh, 1st Battalion, 32nd Infantry Regiment. I uh, got out, kind of struggled for a little while, uh, got my feet underneath me, uh, a lot of help from the foundation, uh, hooking up with Ronnie. And uh, one of the ways that I got started and uh, connected with them was that they got uh, me and some of my brothers together that I served with, uh, one of whom was shot in the spine and was uh, confined to a wheelchair, and another one who got shot in the kneecap and it shattered his leg uh, up and down. And got us together for a pheasant hunt in North Dakota. And so we hadn't seen each other for probably five years by that time. You know, and hadn't really spoken a whole lot. You know, just random contact here and there. And so, you know, we were able to reunite and get back together and experience that camaraderie. You know, it was just like we'd all seen each other yesterday. And so that's what got me involved with the foundation. And I've uh, been trying to help out ever since. So what event did you yep, go to? Please. Say again. What event did you go to? Uh, we had he put together a pheasant hunt and got us all reunited for it. That uh, with uh, oh, it was uh, Bull Creek Outfitters. Nice. 
Is that how you made your pheasant hat? I'm just kidding. I can't hardly hear anybody. I don't know if it's my phone or... Oh, I said, is that how you made your pheasant hat that you wore at SHOT Show? I was just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I think... So uh, let me ask you this, Adam. Were you uh, were you into hunting and fishing before you got involved with a few? Uh, a little bit. I wasn't. I'd been hunting a few times and hadn't had a whole lot of luck. I'd never been upland bird hunting though. That was for sure because it's not real popular where I'm from. So and the opportunities to do it are real limited. So that was kind of a big deal for me to get out and get do something new. I mean, I spent a fair amount of time fishing and stuff. But yeah, so, I mean, that was just a really different experience for me. Something I didn't really have. You know, it's just really kind of outside of my wheelhouse. So do you think that that's definitely caused you to become a sportsman now and become more interested in hunting and fishing? Oh, most definitely. You know, like just just the experience itself and learning more about it. And, you know, I actually went out and bought a Benelli Montefeltro to try to go out and do it more. And, you know, realized how weak I was at yeah. shooting clays, which was a total debacle. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. So uh, I want to ask uh, Ronnie, Ronnie, do you see with a lot of the guys, uh, especially in our community, that um, might be more interested in doing other things than hunting and fishing? Um, and I bring that up because of some of the other nonprofits that are focusing in on that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in the beginning, uh, people were calling us Make-A-Wish for a Warrior because what we do on our application is say, hey, do we have an event that you you want to go to? Or is there an event we don't have that you're really interested in? And, uh, you, you know, we we work our tail off to offer all kinds of different events. And we've done some of the neat things we've done is power boating, you, you know, power boat racing. Uh, we've done uh, some Jeep adventures. We've, we've done kayaks. We've done whitewater rafting. We've We've jumped out of airplanes. I mean, we're just willing to do anything that uh, that's going to excite people and encourage them to come out. Because these, these guys, a lot of them have been on the go for years. And for us to get an active active uh, guy or a couple of their guys out, uh, you know, we've, we've got a turnkey event. All they've got to do is, is show up. So it takes the stress off of them. And uh, for them, you know, maybe they are a hunter or fisherman, but they haven't done a whitewater trip ever. So that's exciting to them. And, you know, they probably don't have time in their busy de deployment schedule to line all that stuff up. So that's what we do. We fill that niche for them and uh, make it as easy as possible and uh, just just show up and uh, have a good attitude. And we're going to have a blast. And you say you bring the families as well. I mean, do you see – the changes in their family as they go to these events and how they just work as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like these guys have drifted apart a lot. I didn't have kids when I was in, but I could only imagine. I had friends of mine that watched their kids grow up in uh, in pictures and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all know the, mm -hmm. the incredibly high divorce rates and things like this. And this, again, this just gives them a cost-free turnkey opportunity so it's stress there's no stress because let's face it you go to disney world and you're paying for it you you're already worried about your credit card bill you're worried about the five dollar water that you got to buy you, you just it's constant with us i mean everything's free 
just show up. And the when you take that stress away from mom and dad, it's so much easier to bond as a family. And you know, we we've got an event coming up here. That's it's a blast. We've got uh, it's it's an all family event, and an amusement park is included in everything. It's just a tiny small community on Lake Okaboji in Iowa, and it, it's really cool. There's there's boating, there's fishing, there's the amusement park. There's just all kinds of activities, and uh, the guys just kind of get to choose, and a lot of them are taking their kids out, boys, girls, even wives, you know, and we'll watch the kids or however it needs to facilitate these guys to reconnect with either their kids, their their wife, or or all of them, and uh, it, it's really awesome. My my wife lines up all the family events because, you know, she's been there, and she wants to see the success, and like I said, we've got these three boys, and I try and take them on some of these family events so they can see why dad leaves all the time, and we can connect, we can reconnect, so it's it's good all the way around, even even for my family. We, we love it. And I think you've hit on something that's uh... – very important. Uh, I want to touch on it. April is actual uh, the month uh, to acknowledge the month of military children, the month of April. Um, and just to talk about a couple of stats that people might not be aware of, you know, children are important to their, their mothers and fathers, and there's approximately 2 million military children uh, in the active duty realm right now, ranging from newborn to 18 years old. Um, and 1.3 million of those children are school-age children. And you've talked about your children, and you're obviously a proud father. And doing for the families is just as important for doing for the warrior because without the proper support from the family and the proper support from uh, that that veteran or that soldier needs, um, they're set up for failure. Uh, what do, you, do you agree with that, Randy? Or Ronnie, sorry. <laughs> No, no worries. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with it because uh, you know it's it's a foundation. Family's a foundation, and you start chipping away at that, and the the kids are you know you know you, you look at a foundation of bricks, and the bond is the mortar. You start losing that bond, and the bricks start to fall. So you know we come in there and build those bonds, and you know create a stronger foundation, and. Like you said, the family dynamics incredibly important. That's what we fight for. We fight for America, and we fight for people, and we fight for our families. You know, it's 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 God, family, country, and that's what it's all about. It's a, that family dynamic. You do, you don't have it, or you lose it, and uh, you know it's going to suck some of your spirit out. And that's the last thing we want to see. And that I've. Checked out, the, posted some of the the pictures from uh, from the Fuse website uh, on the advertisement for this episode. Um, I know that you guys definitely support the Gold Star family members and do trips or awareness for them as well. Can you touch on some of the things that you do for maybe the Gold Star children um, that are involved in the organization? Well, it's it's the same thing. We try and uh, you know we try and bring them out to the event. And just honor honor the the fallen service. Uh, you know, er, there's so many there's so many uh, kids out there that see their parents' service, their fallen uh, service member. They see it in, in such a tragic light, and we try and make it a, ce- a celebration and just 
you know, it was a wonderful life. Let's let's celebrate what it was and, uh, you know, create new memories on a positive note uh, and restructure and, and create those bonds with the family members that they have left and, and the fellow siblings. I've, uh, you know, I love helping helping kids because kids are honest and they'll come up to you and they'll say, you know what, why, why are we doing this? I'm not a big fan of that. You know, I'm I'm not a fisherman. Hey, give it a sh- you same the same thing I tell my kids. Hey, give it a shot. And if you don't like it, you know, let's go over here to the amusement park. Let's go on a boat ride. Let's try something else. Because it's all about that celebration and making them happy. And that that's just it. You know, we we all strive to make our own kids happy. We need to strive to make we need to go the extra mile for these uh these kids of the fallen as well because they don't have they don't have that member to to provide that happiness anymore. So, we need to step in and fill that gap. Yeah, and, and so many times, so many times, many of these kids never knew their dad. You know, they 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 either they were either so young um, when when he was you know taken from us, or sometimes you know I mean you know the wife was pregnant while he was you know while he was downrange, and uh, and so having having these opportunities, and I, and I love the word you use, Ronnie. It's, it's it's a celebration of their life. You know, I it's what I try to do with 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 Chris. You know, it's celebrate his life. And I think that's, that's, that's right. Yeah, I mean, the, like we talked about earlier, none of these guys want pity. Uh, I mean, at, they're all humble, and they all deserve to be honored. And the very last thing they want is, is pity and a celebration. They're all going to attend a team party. So let's let's put on, uh, you know, for the kids their own type of team party. You know what I mean? And uh, let these guys Absolutely. reconnect these these kids and and create new bonds. When you get these kids together, mm-hmm. and they, kids can talk to kids and parents can talk to parents. It breaks down barriers so fast, and uh, it lets them know that they're not alone. They're not as unique as as they thought they were. You know, there's others out there like them, and they got someone to call maybe when there's when there's a, another problem or they just need to talk. Exactly. Because, because you know, they're they're you know, not, none of us volunteer to be part of this gold star family, but we we are a family, no. and and we we're there for each other because, you know, every every situation is different, but but we we have a a, a camaraderie that that uh, is is important to to celebrate. I, I, I'm going to use that word, Ronnie. I'm you, you you put you put a new word in my vocabulary. I had never used that before, but. It's going to be a word that I use from now on because it, we do need to celebrate their lives, and and this is a great way to do it. Adam, do you have kids? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a nine-year-old. I was to say, like the old saying goes, is do not mourn these men who died, but thank God that such men lived. Exactly. True. Mm-hmm. I think that's. Uh, I I personally, you know, I have a. A huge drive to to combat veteran suicide and veteran suicide awareness. Um, but one of the things that's just as important to me is being there for those Gold Star children. Uh, you know, I love my Gold Star families to death, and that's very important to me. But I think one of the most important things is like what you talked about, Ronnie, is celebrating the life of the fallen mother or father and they don't have someone to take them fishing. They don't have someone to take them hunting. Um, 
And unfortunately, far too many times, individuals who might do that once or twice um, might have ulterior motives or be doing it for the wrong reason. But it's guys from this community that should be stepping up and never replacing or filling the shoes of their father or mother, but being a surrogate, being that uncle, being that aunt, and, and teaching them the things that we know their father or mother would want them to learn. And we know that they would be doing for our children if, if we were in the opposite pair of shoes. And I think that that's very important to, to be there for those kids. Absolutely. I, I, I will share something that uh, not, not a whole lot of people have ever heard, but within two hours, maybe three at the most, of the casualty assistance officer coming to our house and telling us that Chris had gone. Um, my wife looked at me and she said, our family will never be the same again. And, and she was exactly right. It's so much dramatically different because we have, we have a new family. You know, the people on the radio show with me right now are family. And, and I would, you know, those are the kind of things that, that your organization, Ronnie, offers. And, and, and I don't think, I mean, I know you appreciate it and I know you value it, but it, it goes beyond what you can even comprehend. Wow, I, I really appreciate that, especially coming from you. I, I know the loss in your family. I know I know your son's background, and, uh, you know, hear, hearing kind words from you means uh, more than you could ever imagine. Charlie Mike, brother. <laughs> Always. I think, uh, Bonnie, we've hit on a, a multiple, you know, a multitude of different subjects, and I definitely would like you to put the word out for guys who are listening because we have some guys that listen a lot live, and we have a lot of guys that catch the episodes when they're archived, um, so they'll definitely hear this. But uh, I want to give you the floor, and I want to put you on the spot, but I want you to be able to, to put out the word that you want to be heard about the few and the Foundation for Exceptional Warriors and you know, give you the opportunity to just, from the heart, speak about your organization. Um, let's, you pretend you're not on the radio show and just talking from your heart. Well, sure. I'm always talking from the heart. I, I don't do any rehearsals. Uh, like I said, I'm not a speaker. So everything you're going to get from me is from the heart. And uh, like I said, I started this organization because n- nobody else was filling this gap. Uh, let's face it, there's there's a lot of organizations that are out there, uh, a lot focused on the combat wounded. And then we have some that, that keyhole it with, you know, the Green Beret Foundation, the Navy SEAL Foundation. I thought, you know what? Why don't we get these guys together? Why doesn't a SEAL and an SF guy and a PJ all link up? Because, you know, they they all see things differently, but they've all got the drive. They've all got, you know, they've all made decisions to go the extra mile. These guys, if if they network outside of, uh, you know, the Trident Circle or the Long long Tab Circle, if they network and, and, and build those relationships, you know, they – they can expand so much more, and the job opportunities, uh, the futures that that come from these these simple adventures that we provide, it, it's it's phenomenal. And uh, you know, our 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 little motto is that we use adventure to unite peers and promote healing. And 
you know, adventure is different to everybody. Every day is an adventure, but when you unite these guys of different but similar backgrounds, they uh, and give them a shared experience to talk about around the campfire. We don't have therapists. We're just a bunch of old action guys, just like the guys we're helping. And the therapist is is the the fire ring and the kitchen table. You know, you start talking about the dove you were crushing out in the field, and then you start, you know, ragging on each other about, you know, their lives and, and uh, how many doves they, they really killed and how many shots they missed. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, it, it, the the conversation just expands and it expands and expands and, until, you know, these guys are like, holy crap, you know. Uh, they Again, they find out they're not unique. Everybody's got got some problems. Everybody's got a few uh, skeletons in the closet, and you know they they just build these bonds and these barriers and these walls that we have to create. Let's face it, in our lives, especially in in the the harder you know the special operations arena and things like that, we compartmentalize. We're we're taught that. We're trained for that. We're selected for that ability to compartmentalize the pain compartmentalize you know the hunger whatever it may be and let's when we go through these tragic situations or these you know how whatever they were these deployments at whatever level we compartmentalize that and we're never going to share it with 99 percent of the people we're going to meet but when you when you meet a guy that oh he was in the next providence over and uh or that this guy flew in and saved my butt i mean however it is Mm -hmm. It's it's just amazing. This World War II guy that we had out, this POW, he he was uh you know, he was shot down. He survived in captivity. He came out and he was a very successful businessman. And then I've got these I had a young marine come up and he's shot up and he's feeling sorry for himself and this that and the other and this this POW looks at him and says, "You know, hey, what? You know, you're young. You're wounded. Who cares?" That's that's all the past. Move beyond it, and uh, you know the the future's yours. The the past is already settled. So if you took a bullet in the hip, so what? That's the past. What are you going to do in the future? And f- for a 92 year old man to tell that to a, a 20 year old man, that resonates because when we're 18, we know everything. When we've gone through all these experiences, nobody can relate. Well, let's face it, that's bull. There's there's generation upon generation that has already gone through this and they've excelled. They've become leaders in the communities. They've become, you know, presidents in the past. And uh, one of the unique things about our organization is we're not a post 9-11 organization. We're an organization that uh, helps everybody. You know, a World War II POW, a Korea Medal of Honor recipient, a Mac V. Sog guy from, from NAM. And you get them all there with, with a, a, you know, a guy with a distinguished service cross that wasn't special ops, but he made that decision just like, you know, everyone else around that campfire. And it is just amazing. My job is the coolest in the world because I'm hanging out with people that books are written about that are legends in the community that are, you know, just higher, you know, just beyond my reach in, in my mind. I'm so humbled and so honored to just sit around a fire with these guys. And, uh, you know, I, I feel blessed. And like I said, this is healing every day for me. And except for, let me, let's face the facts. 
takes a lot of admin work. And I'm an old NCO, and I never wanted to be an admin guy. So <laughs> now I'm doing a lot of a lot of paperwork and a lot of computer time. <laughs> and every now and then, my wife says, "Hey, you know what? You need to go on this event before you burn out." And when I when I go and I meet the guys that I'm that I'm trying to support, that's what gives me all the all the fuel and fire that I need to keep pushing those buttons on the keyboard to keep making this happen. And, uh, you know, it, that goes back to that family dynamic. My wife, she looks at me and she's like, Oh man, he's about to burn out. He's going to hit a wall. And, uh, then she sends me out on a fishing trip with a bunch of badasses, And all of a sudden I come back re- rejuvenated and my purpose is renewed and I'm refreshed and okay, let's, let's do this again. Stephen Ronnie needs somebody, an old guy to tell him to quit whining every now and then. <laughs> oh, calling you out. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, awesome, you know, Ronnie, that you, you hit on it too. Is you, you said you're not a post-9-11 organization, and I think that that's so important. Um, you know, having um, one of the guests that we had on the show week before last was uh, Command Sergeant Major Retired uh, Joe Anello. Um, former POW prisoner or prisoner of war from the Korean War conflict and uh, Vietnam veteran, and he finished out his time and retired uh, in a, at a two-star command. Um, that man is absolutely a badass, and he absolutely deserves um, the welcoming home and all the admiration and love um, that this country has to, to give him. And it was such an honor to have him on the show and to listen to a man that has that much history um, share his story because that's something that we're losing daily. Um, those guys are, are dying at an unreal rate. And if we don't capture their stories and, and kind of like what you talked about, you know, sitting around the campfire and sharing those stories, um, that's what keeps their legacy alive. And that's important to our future soldiers and our future generations to have those people to look up to and to know that, hey, you know, that's the guy I want to be like when, when I get old or when I grow up. Um, I can remember as a, as a young private thinking, you know, when I saw – I came in in 95, and when I saw, you know, a sergeant or a staff sergeant walking around with a combat patch and a CMB or a CIB, I thought, man, that's, that's the baddest Muldoon on the face of the planet as a private. You know, that's what I, that's who I wanted to be. Um, it's important to keep that legacy of those future generations alive. And I think that it's awesome that you guys are taking those guys that didn't get their proper thanks and their proper welcome home, and you're making sure that they get it now. I think that's phenomenal. And, and you know, I just had – go ahead, Ronnie. Well, I was just going to say, absolutely, uh, you know, we can honor these guys when we're dead, but we need to celebrate them right now while they're living, you know. Uh, geez, man, all these memorials and, and all these things that they're building, that's all great. But, you know, we need to be proactive in their lives. We we don't need to put monuments up. That shouldn't be our, our largest priority is spending million dollars millions of dollars on a monument and this is this is all my perspective when we can spend you know a couple thousand dollars and get this guy on a dream event so 
you know, he can he can rejuvenate and he can cherish the last days of his life and, instead of worrying about, you know, raising money for, for a monument that he'll most likely never see. And, uh, you know, that's that's just how I feel. I would like to I'd like to focus more on the warriors that are here and, and you know, just celebrate them and, and put off, you know, the monuments. And, and, and you know, that's just a big gravestone to me. And, uh, you know, I, I don't need a marker that's right now. What they say I, 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 what's that? I was going to say, talking to a lot of Medal Honor recipients, they say the exact same thing as well. Well, well, sure they are. That's right. That's that's what makes these men exceptional. Is they they get it. it. They don't they don't need the monuments. They don't even need the medals. They just want to have fun. They want to reconnect with their teammates. And like I said, we just provide an adventure. Because if I say, hey, hey, a uh, couple of Delta guys, you want to come rally up and we'll sing Kumbaya around a fire? They're gonna they're gonna tell me to pound sand. But I say, hey, you guys want to climb some mountains and shoot at some elk, and uh, you know, they're then all their hands are up. Let's let's go do that. You know, how can I afford that? Well, you don't have to afford it. You just got to show up. We'll get you there. We'll, we'll get your tags lined up. You show up. You have the right attitude and bring bring a pair of uh, good boots because we're gonna wear them out. And and the other thing that happens, and and I I mean this was evident uh, ever ever since our show with Joe. It was Sergeant Major Anello. <clears throat> he's he's 20 years younger. You know, there's there's a there's a, a gleam in his eye. I mean, it made the, meant the world to him that he was able to tell his story and and to have have a younger generation of of service members, you know, not only uh, appreciate his service but but honor him and celebrate him. Uh, and you know, I mean, they just got back. He and Hershey were with uh, nine or ten other Medal of Honor recipients out of Texas. And uh, the whole talk was about the jump we're going to do. I mean, that was I mean, Hershey's going to be our best our best recruiter because he spent the whole time talking about how excited he was and how and not only that he's going to get to do this with with all of us, but but to get get to do it with Joe and get to do it with uh, you know with uh, with a wounded uh, member. I mean, he's he's ecstatic about it, and, and he's he's ten years younger than he was the last time I saw him. So this is it. It, it in addition to to the value that that they give to the younger service members, um, we're we're doing a lot for them too. This this helps them out, you know, immensely. Of of course, these these uh the the elder members are also mentors, and I think that's key. Like I mentioned yeah. before, uh, that World War II guy, he's he's been there, done that. He, he's done about everything, and he through all the adversity, he he's succeeded and. He's become a mentor to that 20-year-old Marine. He's become a mentor to me. He's become a mentor to many. Just uh, and he's an example. You know, uh, when yeah. I feel bad, I think of him and I think of my grandfather. My grandfather was a prisoner of war for 999 days, and I think, you know, they they came back and they were successful. Why? Because it was the past, and, and they 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 learned how to use use adversity to their benefit and instead of just wallowing in that self-pity the rest of their life and it's it's just amazing that the world war ii generation and the korea korean war generation they've they've thrived and 
us as a post 9/11 generation, we need to we need to follow that. We need to get more of uh, the post 9/11 guys uh, and the non guys. We need to get them in elected offices and get some get our voice out there and make sure that uh, we're taken care of. And when I say taken care of, again, we're not looking for pity. We're not looking for handouts, but we're looking for you know quality health care. We're, we're looking for timely appointments. We're looking for, for, for just proper you know things not not any extras we're not looking for freebies we just we just need uh you know the things we fought for mm-hmm. you hit the nail right on the head with that um that's absolutely crucial and you know I have to say one of our former hot washing guests. Uh, Senator Mark Green, uh, you know, he's been nominated by President Trump to be the Secretary of the Army. Um, he's a retired lieutenant colonel, former special operations uh, flight surgeon. Um, he is absolutely the kind of leader that we need to fight for us uh, and, and have our best interest in mind uh, at the Pentagon. And, and I'm proud to, to say that. You know, I, I do support Senator Mark Green, and you know, I, I hope and pray to God that there are no issues with the Senate confirming him, um, because he's going to do great things for the U.S. Army. So, you're definitely, absolutely right. Is we need our brothers and sisters that are part of this generation to step up and to lead, and, and be a part of the forward momentum. And I think one of the things that you, you talked about with the, the World War II generation. Um, and the difference between that generation and our generation is the sense of entitlement um, and the lack of discipline and respect that we as American citizens have uh, and have – our moral compasses as a nation uh, have been set off path, and they need to be reset. And I think that would change the way that a lot of individuals look at service to our country and – that's the difference between that World War II generation is they saw that, they lived that, they they knew that they had to work to survive. Um, in today's society, everyone gets a trophy and everyone gets a free check and something for nothing. And that contributes to, uh, I'm not going to label it as, as our veterans, but that contributes to the downfall of our society and many of the problems we're having today. Tell me to pack sand or whatever. You don't have to go silent. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, you said it correctly, and you, you stopped. So I think uh, I think we're just absorbing. We're, you're you're on point. And definitely, Adam. I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences. Is there any anything that you'd like to? Uh, to reach out and, and talk about while you're on the air with us and maybe touch on Got about 15 minutes uh, left of, of this episode. Just to touch on one of the things you kind of mentioned there, CJ, was that, you know, yes, about like how we're kind of competing with other organizations that kind of do uh, have a similar mission to us and kind of do the same events. Uh, that's a, There's a lot of competition, but I don't think there needed to be in the, you know, the vet nonprofit community. Uh, you see a lot of cannibalism in there and where, you know, they get focused on the money rather than helping vets. And we know we try to avoid that. 
you know, we want to work with other organizations, and you know, because that's that, the end state is where we're supposed to be helping veterans. And so it's not really a competition. And uh, like Ronnie kind of touched on, was that it's not the event itself that's what we're really going for. It's a sitting around the kitchen table, you know, and sitting around the campfire. That's where the magic really happens. You know, it was put together a Texas or a hunt in Texas, and all the guys got together and they all got skunked. They still had the time of their life just sitting around drinking beers and telling lies to each other. Yeah, so that's really what it's all about. I'm so glad you brought that up, Adam, because I was thinking about that uh, earlier, and I wanted to touch on that. Is you know, the guys that we have on this show um, are guys that we know are 100% supporting the veterans organizations that are supporting the veterans and, do, and doing the right things for our brothers and sisters. Um, and yeah, we might send a shout out to uh, organizations more than others. Uh, that's because they talk to us more than others. And, you know, they stay constant in our mind or, you know, they're involved in supporting the mission of the Hot Wash, which is reaching out to the veterans. And um, there is no competition. And I'll tell you, um, I love every single one of the nonprofits that I've had on this show. Um, and there's no competition between the ones we've had on the show other than healthy competition and shit talking between each other, um, kind of like that fireside talk. Um if talking about uh, whose new hot rod is going to beat who's on the drag strip or uh, stuff like that. Um, and i give you a perfect example, and I'll, I'll call them out because I know I can. My brothers, uh, Greg Oker and Brian Russell with Horsepower Therapy, um, they're, they're working on building up uh, drag racing cars and taking veterans out to do drag racing and to get that adrenaline pumping for those guys that might not be into hunting and fishing. Um, Veterans Sportsman's Alliance doing the same thing. There's a healthy competition of shit-talking going on between those two guys about their hot rods. Um, but they're definitely working together for the same mission and cross-talking, cross-walking, and sharing resources uh, for the common cause, which is taking care of our veterans. Bro, that's just, really you know, that's glad you brought that up. Yeah, there's something you see a lot of organizations that kind of lose sight of over time, and you know, they just become too bureaucratic and too... You know, focused on the money and investors or whatever. You know, it just it just becomes kind of crazy. And I think and I think, I think one of the uh, we'll go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Well, I, and I was just going to say one one of the things that that I've been so impressed with your organization, you know, Ronnie, is is that it's it's not a one time deal. You know, there's there's an awful lot of places that they'll take they'll take people on a hunt or fishing or you know take them to a ball game or whatever, and those are great. But then it's like, you know, well, then we go to the next, you know, echelon. And that's not what, what the few does. And, and that's, and I think that's part of, again, part of the special operations camaraderie that, you know, your brother's forever and, and, and your family's forever. And I think that that's one of the things that's, that's so special about what you guys do. Well, it's easy to do because these guys become our friends. And it's it's just like meeting you and Alex. I, I had met you before, and as soon as I saw Alex's uh, necklace, I'm like, hey, let's let's talk. And then I, I recognized you, and, you know, you've been such a supporter of special operations after your son, you know, fell. And uh, Alex has her own background within the within the community. community. And we, we created a bond in, in minutes where many people right. are going to take days or never even reach that level. 
And it, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. And like I said, it's just so easy because we share so much. And we don't even need to talk about it. We just have the attitudes that uh, that convey, you know, our passion to one another. And it, it's just really easy to connect. We just need a reason to get together. And uh, our our meeting was by chance, but here we are. We're, we're connected. And that's exactly. what it's all about is relationships. So are you jumping out of the airplane with us? Am I? Yeah. You know, I I would love to. Uh, I don't I don't want to. Hey, here I go talking just like my guys. I don't want to take a slot from any, anyone else. But uh, nah, no you know, it's, we got it's you been. Cover, brother. I I either have a B or a C license. I can't even remember. Last time I jumped was uh, in '04. But uh, it's always been a passion of mine, and uh, I, I would love to do it if if there's a spot. Done. There is a Done. spot. Thank you. Well, Jeff will do a trust fall at the bottom, or I'll put a trampoline at the bottom of the drop zone. <laughs> that would be so hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. You got to love how Alex slid that in there at the, at the last end. So you're jumping, right? Yeah, no pressure. Yeah. yeah. And then so we got. Uh, nine minutes left, and I want to make sure that you get the opportunity to tell us how we can find out more about your organization and uh, how guys can reach out to the few. Uh, and, and why? Okay. Uh, our, our biggest thing is I, I really want to reiterate who we're supporting. We are supporting all special operations from every era. We're supporting their family members. We're also supporting anyone with a valor medal or a heroism medal many people don't don't understand that the least given award out there is for peacetime heroism uh the soldier's medal the uh the airman's medal right and those medals i i mean those are so rare i think only 17,000 have been given since inception something like that i mean it's so low and these these guys have made some kind of uh, decision to put their to put someone else's life first, and that decision is, is where the few says, you know what, we're going to honor that. We're going to we're going to celebrate your sacrifice, your willingness to to put others first. And uh, so we're, we're doing anyone with a valor medal or a heroism medal, and then we're we do POWs. We are proactive in the POW community. And then anyone with a purple heart. And it, I just got to say this. It's every generation. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's so much fun to learn more about us. And remember, we're, we are an all, we're, we're a volunteer-based non, nonprofit. So, you know, the more money I have to spend on websites and things like that is it, terrible. So if, if, go to our website. It's exceptionalwarriors.org. Everything we got is exceptional warriors. We're trying to brand exceptional warriors because the guys we help are exceptional. So, you know, every you just Google exceptional warriors, we're going to pop up and fill out an application. You go on our website and under get involved, you can you can host an event, you can volunteer, or you can just apply to to come out to an event. Tell us what you want to do. Give us some information. We do ask for a DD-214 or award uh, certificate. We have to vet you guys. 
You know, we we don't want, you know, the the phony guy showing up and ruining an event. We need the right guys to facilitate, you know, the healing, the bonding, the relationships. So we we do ask for the correct information, and then we also ask for a VA rating. You don't need a VA rating, but we ask for it because some of our events, uh, the the tags or the licenses or the understanding in certain states is is so can be so lenient according to your VA rating. So we we do ask that information, and, and on occasion I've got you know a long-haired guy going, hey, I don't want to give you all this information. Well, it's it's all kept internal, and like I said, we're the same warriors that that we're supporting. We're not we're not going to turn your information over to anybody else. It's internal, and uh, you know it's going to be handled with care. We we love you. We're just here to support you. And uh, you, you just give us the information you can, and you can you can call me anytime. Uh, you call the number on the website. Uh, that usually forwards straight to me, and I'm an open book, and I'm, I'm here to help. I receive a retirement paycheck, and uh, that's what I live on, and I earn it every day through volunteer work for the few. And uh, you know that's that's it. I I tell everybody. Some of my board members want me to take a paycheck. Well. The Army provides that every day. So as long as the the Army's taking care of me, I'm going to continue That's to keep awesome. keep taking care of veterans. That's awesome. Yeah, I always say to people, because I always do um, volunteer work with, with no pay as well, and uh, when you're... Well, you're doing kindness, you're doing charities, but when you're doing business, that's when you get paid to do the charities. It keeps it uh, from, like, straying into the other lane. Well, definitely. Adam, uh, do you have anything you'd like to say in closing? Brother, we got uh, about four minutes and 30 seconds until we're off the air, so if uh, you have any closing remarks or anything you'd like to say, uh, the, the microphone is yours. Uh, I think I said just about said my piece. I want to make sure we get out there. I didn't hear Ronnie mention it. We also have a Facebook page, uh, the Foundation for Exceptional Warriors. So if people want to look us up, follow along, kind of get an eyeball for on what we do, and uh, keep up with future events. It also links into the uh, website, so they have that resource there. And uh, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from them. Let me let me add this. We want more applicants, and the reason we do is because we have a lot of last-minute events. We have guys that, you know, a uh, wealthy guy that buys an elk hunt, he pays half down. And the guide says, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, the half down already pays for most of it. The wealthy guy cancels his, his trip. So the, the guide will call me up and say, hey, you, you got a warrior that, that can handle, you know, wants to come shoot an elk or, or a bighorn sheep or something like that or whatever it may be. Uh, and I say, okay, that's, that's great win. Well, you know, on Tuesday, I'm like, man, that's, that's six days. Well, if you got a guy, you know, we'll do it. So we need more applicants to fill these slots. I mean, waterfowl is huge because they travel the nation, you know, and, and I'll have a duck guide say, hey, hey, I got, you know, just a slew of ducks here to, today, and they're going to be on this cornfield for five more days. Do you have guys? So we would love to get as many applicants as we can to fill these last minute slots. We never want a slot to go unfilled because that's that's a warrior that didn't get serviced. So I, I just encourage everyone to apply. And you're not taking you're not taking anything from any other any other veteran. You're leading by example 
and just just go back to the unit refreshed and uh, and spread our mission. Absolutely. I want to say uh, thank you again, Ronnie, for everything that you do. Uh, you have done and everything that you do, do you do um, for our veterans and, and furthering the cause. And Adam, I want to thank you for coming on and talking about the few with us. And I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedule um, to represent your organization and to put the word out on the hot watch tonight. I appreciate it. CJ. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having, for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Jeff, I look forward uh, to seeing you, uh, wanna... you uh, in a couple of months, and yeah. catching some air with you guys. We're, we're gonna have way, we're gonna have way too much fun. I don't know if Faithville can handle all of us. Well, Jeff is gonna have too much fun because he'll be wearing his shorts and sandals. I'm pretty sure he'll be wearing his Jerusalem. Giddy up. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> and, and, and I and I will, I will close with one little funny comment. I was. Uh, had gone to the memorialization one year, and uh, you know, in 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 due reverence for this for the uh, the environment, and I wore my the only suit I had at the time, and I was supposed to meet up with all of Chris's teammates, you know, and and I just figured, well, you know, there was there was a lot of people memorialization. They couldn't find me because they were looking for somebody in a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. They weren't looking for somebody. <laughs> so that's the ultimate, my ultimate camo. When I, gotta wanna, when I wanna go covert, I, I put a tie on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. I, I definitely am looking forward to meeting you guys. Look forward to seeing you there at Fort Bragg. Say again, Alex. What are you saying, Alex? Jeff, what's your uh, your motto? Bad for running? Flip flop flip flops are bad for running? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether the uh, with the combat ones, you know, bad for running, worse for fighting. Yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah, because <laughs> I've done both. I've done both in both of them. You know. So. Yeah. So, Jeff, guys, do you have any uh, closing further remarks, you brother? You'd like to give before uh, yeah. we close this episode? Yeah, just, uh, Thank, thank you both for for coming on the show with us tonight and sharing uh, sharing your story and sharing the uh, you know the marvelous things that you're doing with the organization and and, uh, and I can't thank you enough but uh, we'll we'll see you soon and we'll we'll start working on that. Yeah, we can Absolutely. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Well, it sounds great. We're all looking forward to it, and, and I, I can't thank you guys enough for helping us spread our mission. And I, I hope you guys. I know you guys know a lot of special operations guys. And I, I want I want to see applications. I really do. Uh, you know, our donors like like to know that we've we've got people in the queue that they want to help. And uh, we, like I said, we never want to have a slot go on field. We want to we want to support every guy we can. Thank you so much, uh, Ronnie. We'll definitely be advocates uh, and pushing to, to grow your numbers in a few and, and getting guys to, to apply and put in their applications. Um, I can tell you that uh, I'll be pushing it for sure. And uh, you've always got a advocate in, in, this, in the hot wash, and I appreciate you guys coming on, brother. Absolutely. Let me let me tell you one more thing. We just ha had an internal review, 
and we're credited with uh, serving about 400 guys last year on a on a $82,000 budget. And I challenge awesome. anyone anyone to do that. Woo! That's awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is really awesome. Knowing knowing what I know about the nonprofits, and that's that's pretty phenomenal. We're, so we're I definitely proud of want to it. say we work, we work hard to maximize every dollar. Guys, you've been listening to an episode of the Hot Wash. This is uh, your host CJ with uh, my co-host Alex Maltizo and Jeff Falco. Uh We've been honored to have the Foundation for Exceptional Warriors on the few tonight. CEO and uh, founder Ronnie Sweater. Try not to call you Rodney anymore, Randy. I'm trying my best, man. I'm trying to rename you all night. And Adam um, Gordon. As well as Adam Gordon, uh, who's also a member of the FEW, uh, the Foundation for Exceptional Warriors. We definitely want to thank these gentlemen for coming on tonight and uh, taking the time to talk to us. You can catch this episode at www.blogtalkradio.com. Uh, just search for the hot wash or you can catch it on iTunes we are available on iTunes as well we're uh, doing a live episode every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. next week though we will not be doing a live episode myself Jeff nor Alex will be available next Wednesday so we will take a small short hiatus next week and we'll be back on probably the week after that I want to say thanks for listening in guys God bless America God bless the USA Nice suckers don't quit. Never ever. Never ever.
Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.